I watched Syriana by myself in a cabin up in the middle of nowhere. Nice. It's it a was, good one to warm you up. Yeah. <laughs> Watch people in the desert. I guess in that sense, yes. <laughs> but what I really wanted to say was, I, I think in 2005 when it came out, I would have been really into it. Yeah, okay, but watching so, it in 2018, so didn't care for it. So I saw it a while ago. Yeah. That's the one that's about... It's about oil in the Middle East, basically. And about how the military-industrial complex has the motivation to keep destabilizing the Middle East. Yes. Right? To keep oil prices low, yes, all that. Yes, exactly. Basically, the connection between the oil companies and America's military goals. That's an v- excellent summary. Great. And and it's, so there's like written- some assassination thing, right? Yes. So it's written by the guy who also wrote Traffic. Okay. Yep. So it's set up like that and Crash. Yep. Where a bunch of interconnected stories that, that person, are all about the same yeah, thing. Yeah, that person loves taking down systems. Well, and, and Crash <laughs> wasn't by him, but it came okay. out the same year as Syriana. Oh, okay. And Syriana lost Best Original Screenplay to Crash. Hmm, interesting. And I gotta say, both of them, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, uh, it makes some great points. It has some good lines, but I remember. that is such our reality now that yeah. it's like, I'm not learning anything new. Yeah. Essentially, there is a whole subsection of it about how some guys lose their jobs at the oil fields and then they go to some school to learn Arabic since they're, you know, immigrants from a different yeah. from Pakistan or something like that. And they get radicalized and they go bomb something. Like, yeah. That's probably really interesting in 2005. Yeah. But that's such, like, <laughs> we're so past that that this movie isn't interesting anymore. Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, yeah. Like, you, we. It doesn't mean that like it was dumb to have made the movie. No, but we're, <laughs> it doesn't hold up. No, it we're just it's it was it's of its time and place, yep. and that's fine. Yep. But well, it doesn't need to be remembered for anything other than George no, yeah. Clooney gained thirty five pounds yeah. and then had a back injury that was like so bad he had to like stop for a month. <laughs> funny because he'd gained so much weight. Yeah. Well, and it's funny you. So there's quite a few movies that were made in like the early to mid thirties. Or even late 30s. Actually, I think most of them are probably late 30s. Almost like trying to convince everyone that the Nazis were really bad. Yeah. And looking back probably seem really odd. It seems like probably a lot of wasted energy. Like, why did they have to convince us? Yeah, you could have, you know. I guess Casablanca could be considered one of them. I think that came out before we joined World War II technically. Yeah, Um, but but then people were like, like the war is going on in Europe and it's bad. Or like The Great Dictator or whatever, the Charlie Chaplin movie. But yeah, it is kind of funny... They really do have to hold up on their own for different reasons yeah. other than that. And Syriana, I'm guessing, probably doesn't. It also doesn't because it's a bunch of interconnected stories. And you have to watch this movie so closely to understand what is going on at all. Yeah. I was reading the Wikipedia article while I was watching the movie. I did that too. <laughs> and I was catching things that I was like, that happened? <laughs> Yeah. I didn't realize that George Clooney's character was essentially sent to assassinate people, and is <laughs> so, like, which is like the whole point of his thing. I had no idea. Yeah, and I was watching. <laughs> I wasn't like sitting on my phone until I had to look it up on Wikipedia. I don't remember what I was, what I missed, but I remember missing th- some things too. Of that, this guy is also this guy because there's a lot of like they're talking about some other person. Yes, who you saw before, but they don't ever say anybody's names. Yeah, or like even if they just say them once. Who is out there memorizing characters' names in these movies? I was looking at... I refer to that guy as 
George Clooney. At the beginning, I was know? like reading the IMDb with all the people's names on mm-hmm. them, and when they'd say one, I'd occasionally try and scroll over and see who it was. But yes. there are so many characters in this movie because it's four storylines. I'll tolerate that if it's a documentary. Sure. If it's like real people. Yeah. Or if it's like, like the Big Short or something. Yeah. And it's. It kind of matters. If you remember who's who, it's more about just the Yeah, system. or like detective stuff where but it's this, like, oh, Mickey Blue Eyes but then over they, there. Yeah, but then they try to make this into like a, some sort of a thriller where you care about whether George Clooney lives or dies. Didn't right? care. <laughs> yeah. Didn't care. That's another way to make you care. Didn't care about any of these characters. And, that's, and that's maybe the down the downside of all these things that got really popular mm-hmm. in the early 2000s mm-hmm. of all these interconnected storylines yeah. is that if you... I could just watch... Like an anthology film of yeah. short stories, but if you don't take the time to put in the work to make me actually care about these characters, yeah, then I won't care what happens to them. Yeah. Well, and if these are like, you have to decide if this is going to be an anthology movie yep. or an educational movie, <laughs> because like in an anthology, in like an actual anthology, you would have these things that are connected thematically. Different characters, whatever. You can connect the characters if you want. Yep. But you don't have to, probably. Yeah. And, like... You can connect it by themes without yeah. having to see how all these characters actually interconnect with each other. Yeah. And if they do interconnect, it's a bonus. They don't have to all know each other. Yes, exactly. And like, and But so, with these interconnected ones, yeah, you have to memorize everything all the time as yeah. you're going. I'm sure the <laughs> screenwriter didn't even know what was going on half the time. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, I guess that all I'm trying can, yeah. to say is that Anthology films. Why aren't there more of them? <laughs> yeah. Wink. So much. So much. So much. So much. So much. So much. So you actually saw Buster Scruggs on Netflix, right? Yes. And I saw it in the theater. Wow. Superior you're, way to you're do so it. much better than me. I'm jealous. <laughs> no, I'm an idiot because I spent ten bucks to go oh, see yeah. it. Oh <laughs> yeah. But I gotta see it big. Oh yeah. It's the Coen Brothers. So it's it's pretty wildly disparate in terms of it's six stories and each one of them mm-hmm. teach, has a different tone to it. Yep. And total, sort of teaches different, a different lesson. Different characters. The first not... one is essentially a Looney Tunes short. Yeah. Like live action. <laughs> yeah. And the last one is like a weird metaphysical treatise on people's lives. And like death. And, and everything in between is yeah. about how brutal and weird the Wild West was. And just the decisions people have to make. Yes, and, exactly. Yeah. Which actually got me thinking about the Coen brothers in general, mm-hmm. as if I wasn't already doing that all the time anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but it made me think of this question. If you were in a Coen brothers movie, mm-hmm. would you die or not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how soon would I die? And yeah, and yeah. what would you die? Not even what would you die of, but why would you die? Yeah. Which maybe got me thinking of like, why do people die in Coen Brothers movies? Mm-hmm. And I thought of at least two ideas, mm-hmm. and some of it is there's more, I'm sure, yeah. but yeah. these are the two ones that really stood out to me. Yeah, one is you are an extra and you. Are there to you die to prove that the world is a cruel and uncaring place? Yes. Or that the there's no choice involved in it; that things just happen. Yep. Yep. And I feel like that's a lot of the times done to affect the main character in some way. Sure. Absolutely. Like I mean, their response is yeah. That's Anton Chigurh in No Country for Old Men. Yeah. He has so many victims, and and a lot of them are ones that are just 
there because of circumstance. Mm-hmm. But there are all. But and here's the other side of it mm-hmm. that I was thinking of, and this is in even more of their movies. Yeah, and I think it also talks about their moral ideas. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that like people are dumb or bad or cowards, cowards or whatever. It's that it's people who don't stay in their lane. Oh, and yeah, it's I, people yeah. who don't understand their limitations, mm-hmm. or it's almost like people who aren't aware that they're in a story a little bit, and they try and get too big for their britches. Like they're trying to be somebody they're not. Yes, exactly. That's probably a better way to describe it. They're trying mm-hmm. to be someone they're not, and so the people who are absolutely sure of themselves more often than not are successful in a really yeah. interesting way marge gunderson and fargo the most sure of herself of any character in any of the movies or anton sugar <laughs> or anton sugar exactly uh, borderline not a character <laughs> yeah yeah totally yeah but the thing is he especially with with marge the whole thing mm-hmm. is that she knows her limitations mm-hmm she she knows but she knows that she's smart too and mm-hmm. she uses that in interesting ways and Meanwhile, the people who get punished more often than not are, are like Steve Buscemi and Fargo. Mm-hmm. Or, I Pe- mean, just like... People who are reaching... People who are like reaching a little too far and they kind of know better. Yeah. Anyone who gets punished in some sort of way is generally that. I mean, I'm going back to the same two, but like yeah. Will and Moss, also in No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Anyone in The Lady Killers, which I know is a weird one to uh, draw yeah. from. No, that is a weird one. Um, but I was like, thinking... Yeah. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Like... Yeah. And you know, those these guys kind of they get punished for most of their journey mm-hmm. by you know getting out of their lane of because uh, they know they kind of know better yeah and then eventually you know everything things kind of come back around because they kind of figure out themselves a little yeah. bit yeah I think even it's funny how some of them almost I, f- I think of. Uh, Brad Pitt in Burn After Reading. Yeah, that's Getting, like, brutally killed. Yes. And part of that is just because it's shocking. Yep. It's it's entertaining. For sure. But also it's, like, a little bit of a... I think it's a little bit of a representative death of what he stands for in the movie. Yes. As it being like, oh, we, like, this is, like, real. We're not gonna... You can't be this dumb and, like, vacant. Yes. And carefree in this world. You can, Well, you can't be that dumb and vacant... And try and blackmail someone. Yeah. <laughs> That's the trick. Yeah. Because you can oppose that with uh, his coworker, mm-hmm. also played by... Frances McDormand. By Frances McDormand. Yeah. And the trick with her is that she, from the beginning of the movie, we see that she wants something. Mm-hmm. And this blackmail is just a way for her to do it. Yeah. And somehow that actually like works in her favor. Yeah. But it's because she knows what she wants. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She doesn't just see the opportunity and like, ah, maybe I'll do this. Mm-hmm. She like has goals yeah. in a weird way. Yep. And even George Clooney in that movie. He really knows who he is. He knows what he, he's about. He does know who he is, but he also, he's overreaching yeah. in the trick. And he gets punished, not with death, but with, finds out his wife is has someone tailing him and is, they're getting divorced and he's going to lose everything. He basically. tries to outthink it. Yeah, exactly. And, you can't yeah. outthink it. You know what I mean? Like, unless you're supremely confident in yourself so i guess really what i'm asking yeah is do you think that you'd last in the coen brothers universe in any way it's a good question uh i personally think i definitely would screw up in some way i think i'd be okay yeah the only downside that i'm thinking of that would lead me to be killed yeah is or maybe we can even broaden it to just like karmic retribution in some way well and 
So I was thinking of, and I don't remember all the details because I only saw it once, mm-hmm. but I was just thinking of the super old rabbi in a serious man. Yeah. Okay. Who kind of, because I think that is some of the characters that die. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sometimes the thing that makes you die is if somebody really needs you. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah, totally. Like if if you have some kind of a distinct outlook that somebody would want to be proven or disproven. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I do too much spouting off. (laughs) Like I feel like people... But that's not necessarily bad. No, but I feel like I'd be somebody who... In the context of the movie, yeah, would I, I'm not somebody who I don't think is doing a lot of things. Sure, I'm doing a lot of thinking about things. Sure, and I do a lot of talking. And I could see if I was going to be somebody in one of these movies, it would be somebody who the main character would be like that. I would represent a certain outlook to them. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And I think. Uh, maybe, and I don't think I'm cynical you're, enough. You're starting to just you. You sound a little bit like. Uh, Sam Elliott's drifter at the end of The Big Lebowski. Oh, that could be. Which is funny because you actually look a lot like the dude right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think... So you're saying you would be... You you would be... I represent a certain point of view. And you need to come to me in order to get some insight. I, I don't think I have enough desperation in my life... Yeah. ...to be a Coen Brothers main character. Oh, okay. They seem yeah. to be fairly desperate people. That's... Generally true, yeah. And sure. I think so. I don't think I would be them. Okay. And so, if I'm gonna be one of the side characters, uh-huh. I'm not gonna be you know the devil. They sure. A lot of standards for the devil. I'm pro. I'm gonna probably be somebody who they're gonna go to for advice. Okay. And I think that's why the super old rabbi came into my head. Sure. Just because it's like that would be that's a shocking moment mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. And I think that would be how I would probably be dying. Gotcha. I don't think I don't know. I think you would. I I think you've made a case for that. Yeah, that you would live. Oh, honestly, yeah, maybe because you are not a major enough character to where your death would be meaningful. That, that's true. But I'd you're just not be a chill. Yeah, you're just a fixed point. And maybe that's why I thought of Donnie and Big Lebowski too, because he's kind of just a guy. Yeah. Um, he he's doesn't just a regular dude. Really, but he does die. That's so. true. But that's kind of. Not neither here nor there. <laughs> the Big Lebowski is weird because there's not really a specific. It's not karmic in that same way. It just uh-huh. kind of happens. It's a Shaggy Dog story, very intentionally. Yeah, that's true. It is kind of a it's Shaggy an Elmore dog Leonard story. novel, but also like nothing really happens, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the point of it, which is yeah. kind of great. But that being said, it's a little bit of an unusual one for them. That in that way, probably right. That's a little more of yeah. I'm trying to like decide. I'm. Kind of between two of them right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm either John Goodman's character. <laughs> there are rules. There are rules. Or or like Steve Buscemi's character in Fargo, where just kind of annoyed a lot. Yeah. You just kind of have opinions yeah. on stuff. And I know some people are just like, what are you talking about? But other people are like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But I also feel like if I, what I was actually going to be in a Coen Brothers movie... It would be something like one of the Sonor Brother or Art Thou, mm-hmm. not Ulysses Everett McGill. Yep, but the one of the other two guys. Yeah, I feel like I'd just be along for the ride, and I'd just be getting like, like just dumped on. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> I wouldn't. It wouldn't be that I would 
get killed off. Mm-hmm. But I definitely would get dumped on, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Things would happen to me, and I'd be like, why? Be complaining. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that might be my thing, is that the the kind of like voice of like, why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. What, or like to us, and like the complainer a little bit. I can mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And that's, well, but I have to go through with the stupid crap to do it. So. Yeah, but I think Steve Buscemi and Fargo, he is that, but he also is kind of what you said of he's the he's the the person in the movie who's trying to break out of the movie's overbearing midwesternness yes um that all these people are kind of just huh? like kind of <laughs> almost trying to turn his complaints into non-arguments yeah and he just can't deal with it yep and so it is he, a, he's really a perfect character. he is he is incredible but he's doing a little bit of what you said earlier about like getting outside of his lane a little bit yeah for sure of he's trying to change things that can't be changed yeah i think that's, that's a, it i yeah. think that is a big part of what makes these people kill is i think a lot of the characters that i was thinking of uh-huh who represent certain ideas yeah a lot of what the main character is trying to do is one figure out which of these is true these mm-hmm. different outlooks on life yeah for sure and figure out what can be changed and what can't change. Man, that's really And I think good. a lot of them who... that I think that is the struggle a lot. Yeah, for sure. Is trying to change things. And just and, and, maybe and, picking the right thing that will change or not. And the thing that people try to change a lot is, like, morality. Their station in life, I feel like, is, is a good chunk yeah. of it. Yeah. And also, yeah. And, and kind of the... I feel like there's a lot of people who are trying to change... I, I, in the Coen Brothers, they have, I think, a fairly, in what could be described as a conservative view of good or bad, that there is good and bad. Sure. You know? Not conservative in an American political sense or anything. Right, right. But just like a kind of an old school idea that there is good or bad, there's justice for that. and Somewhat. There's some kind of justice. Mm-hmm. And it's, it doesn't, it almost doesn't matter if you get away with stuff or not. Yeah. That you're going to be... There's something that's going to punish you. For sure. Like, that if you're guilty, you should feel guilty. It's almost... I think when you're saying it like that, I think a lot of who gets punished and who doesn't is, do you have a worldview? Mm -hmm. Do you follow that worldview? Yeah. Are you fighting against it? Yeah, exactly. Or are you actively fighting against it? And if you are fighting against it, then you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. And so I feel so I feel like I would be having kind of a bad time because <laughs> I do have a worldview, but I yeah. think it's one that would set me up for suffering if that makes sense in in the in the Coen Brothers universe. Yeah, they wouldn't necessarily be killed though. No, no, no. I don't think I would die, mm-hmm. but I do think I would have a bad time. See, and I'm going the other way with it, where I think I have a worldview. That I'm not fighting against very often. Sure. Which I guess, again, is why I don't think I'd be a main character. And I guess, I don't know. I There's so many... It's hard to say because they do such a good job of having people die at random. It's true. <laughs> no, that's the truth. <laughs> like, so. Their thing is, it's too close to real life to really definitively come up with something. Yeah. But at least we've pegged who we are as characters in these universes. Yeah. I I don't know. This is like... I think the Coen brothers lend themselves to conversations that are fun to have, mm-hmm. but not fun to listen to. <laughs> so sorry, sorry everybody. everybody. Uh, I just, I don't know. That's okay. They're really good movies. They are great. And they, 
it's almost like I think it's easier to come up with themes or things to talk about from movies that are dumber. <laughs> that And I think there's so much room to do that because they're made for people who don't think about the movies they're watching. Sure. And so you can like point out something about the morality in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. And people are like, huh, yeah, I suppose. Like, <laughs> no I one's kind ever of, thought of this. There's a, par- there's a part of my brain that ground. kind of picked this up. There's a part of my brain that that's why I enjoyed it. Sure. But I didn't think about it. Yeah. But like Coen Brothers movies... That's like the central that, The target audience is people who already think about movies too much. Not so, that me. everybody can't enjoy them. Yeah, I think they're sure. enjoyable for anybody, which I also think is part of why they're so good. Yep. But they're made to be hard to just explain yeah. as a lay person. And I like that. Yeah. And and it makes them... You, so you can think about them and talk about them almost endlessly. There's almost no place to stop. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we can just stop which now. Which is cool for us, <laughs> yeah. I guess. <laughs> like trailers that come out sometimes that just baffle me and i had a couple last a couple weeks ago one being the dumbo trailer oh (laughs) yeah it's crazy to me to imagine somebody like okay all the other ones make sense lion king makes sense they're all cinderella yeah it's all remaking all those i'm like okay cool it's all lazy but it's definitely like Okay, yeah. fine. Like, I guess people like this the first time. Yeah, if you're a big fan, I get it. And I get that they probably make a ton of money. Dumbo, though? Who's walking around being like, oh, you remember that movie where, like, the elephant gets hammered? And it was terrifying <laughs> for all children? Yeah. Uh, but it clearly wasn't, like, for adults or anything. Yeah, that's so it's so weird. I don't know what people want out of that movie. I don't either, and I don't understand why Tim Burton has the cachet to keep making stuff like this. What's the yeah. last good Tim Burton movie? Well, and and me Big and Big Fish, two thousand. Yeah, me and Anthony were talking about this the other day about how. So at least when he remade Alice in Wonderland, he was kind of coming off some hits. Yeah, that's true. You know, like uh, um, the one where he cuts hair. Edward Scissorhands. No, the other one where he cuts hair. Oh, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. <laughs> um, Sweeney Todd had come out, and that like made a bunch of money. It did, and it was it was pretty solid. And I think Tim Burton had enough of an identity of where there were enough people who thought his thing was interesting. Yeah, his like um, gothic. Yeah, it actually kind of reminds me of The Shape of Water. Guillermo like, del Toro. Yeah. Recently, where yeah, for sure. people are like have become aware of his thing, but it hasn't gotten tiresome in any way yet. Yeah, because most people don't see the movie, so like he had reached the point where I could see the appeal generally in marketing to say it's Alice in Wonderland, this famously weird thing mm-hmm. by this famously Timber? weird guy, yeah, but like sure. in a new weird way. Yeah, but Dumbo. Why? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't. And then the trailer is just so forgettable. It's baffling. And it looked like it could have been made by anybody. But then the other That's thing... That's what's so weird about a lot of these is yeah. that, especially when you get someone like Tim Burton, Why I don't know why any director would want to make a movie for Disney like that. Yeah. About with an already existing intellectual property. Because... There's no way you can be creative. Yeah. I'm that Alice in Wonderland movie had to have been noted to death because it was so bland and so ugly. Yeah. But he would have had garbage. He, but even that one, he would have had way more to work with than Dumbo, right? Cuz Dumbo like 
It has to be in like a 1930s Which he has done before, though, because that's right up his alley because he loves freaks. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It is actually... Now that you're, we're talking about it, yeah. it's a little because I just mentioned Big Fish, and this yeah. is so like Big but Fish. But I just mean in terms of what he can do with it, other than that, they wouldn't have any notes on. Oh, for sure. I you mean, know? they will have notes. Absolutely, they're gonna. I assume they. I don't know. I guess a ton of money. <laughs> money is it? It's, yeah. yeah, that's what. But it is. then, well, that's have the you thing. seen any of these live action ones? I don't have any interest. Uh, I don't want to see. No. I don't think I have. Okay, so who knows? Maybe other, these are all I mean, fantastic. I mean, like. If you back way up, I saw like 101 Dalmatians with oh, Glenn yeah. Close when I was a kid. No, I'm saying like the modern ones, yeah, starting with ones. Jungle Book um, in 20 like 15, where they've been where they've been just doing like let's just make it. There's a probably been a CGI. few before that, but yeah, I know no, that's what I mean, and that's my run. starting point yeah. is this most recent run where they have made making so much money that they think they can do it with every single one of them. Yeah. So that and Beauty and the Beast and stuff yeah. like that. I think the first one of that would have been the Cinderella one, maybe. That was a few years ago. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't follow it. I don't Who either. cares? So uh, anyway. I'm just a guy with a movie podcast. What am I doing <laughs> caring about movies that come out? These, they're just not necessary. That's, yeah. That's really all there is to it. Yeah. It just doesn't seem At least, necessary. It, it, it's sad that they aren't taking these resources and coming up with a good new property. That's the thing, though, is I guess they probably do both. Maybe they figure they can only do so many. Because it's not like they lost money on Frozen or something. I know, but it's like, just so lazy to yeah. do these live-action ones again of I think stuff that's, that's been around. That yeah. only is 20 years old. I like think it seems thing. that way, though. In in the Because like, there is the idea that obviously they can only make so many movies at a time. Sure. But like, I think they are just making a ton of movies. Yeah, that's true. Like... Like, so, forget all these. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, if, like, 20 years ago, this, that slot in, like, the movie calendar mm-hmm. would have probably been filled with some trash, you know? Yeah, but <laughs> so I guess who cares? the only thing I worry about is that everything's going to be from a Disney studio. Yeah. If and it becomes so profitable, too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> And that, they'll, they'll just do it forever. Yeah, and we have... This is pretty much one of the underlying threads of our entire show, which is that we don't want everything to be Disney-fied. Yeah, that's true. But I really do... I mean, even when back in the day before Disney was you know having hit after hit after hit, other studios were doing it. And mm-hmm. even if it wasn't good, it was at least interesting. Yeah. I'll take... I, I, would, I want there to be bad, interesting movies. Yeah. Instead of just like... Yeah, I agree. That makes sense. Just bad schlock, you know what I mean? Like, like just lazy. I would rather it they go for it and fail yeah. than just do something kind of lazy. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about the Indiana Jones thing? What was that again? Um, the theory that it would have all happened the same if he wasn't involved and how it's dumb. Yeah, I do want to talk okay. about that because... So, okay, I'll leave you saw that. Yeah. Okay. So I saw, you know, did the classic move of going to your parents' house for Thanksgiving and watching actual TV. You watched you went like, to my parents' house and watched TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Technically correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, where the TV actually tells you what to watch. It's a weird world. Yeah. Um, and saw a bunch of movies that I hadn't seen in a while. 
You flip through cable uh, and then yep. you stumbled upon. Yep. Or parts of movies or whatever. Yeah. Um, the last third of Groundhog Day. Yeah. That kind of thing. And so I watched most, at least all the relevant parts of Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Raiders Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. The okay. first one. Yeah. Incredible movie. So good. And I was kind of thinking throughout of this concept which has caught on online it actually made it into an episode of big bang theory oh that's right yeah um I, this and it's the theory that essentially indiana jones in raiders of the lost ark doesn't do anything that would change the plot in any way like the it, whole thing could have yeah, happened without him that if he hadn't gotten involved everything would have played out the same way which it's I will so say, baffling. I will say, on the face of it, it is funny to think about. Yes. Just that the whole, just to phrase it that way and think about it and go through the plot in your head and be like, oh yeah, the whole plot is basically him losing this race against the Nazis for almost the entire movie. Sure. Or him finding out things that, yeah, if he hadn't done that, then the Nazis would have just gotten it. And then they keep stealing it from him. Sure, yeah. So, okay. And... Just in a very surface way, it is funny. Yeah. But the more I thought about it, and as watching this movie, it's an insanely dumb argument. It's so dumb. I've thought about this so much. Yes. Okay. I'm so glad we're talking about this. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't even know where to start. At the beginning? It's a- the best place. <laughs> okay. I think I'm going to start from just a factual level of whether or not it's correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, like, there are these things where he gets the medallion from Marion. Uh, and, like, you know, the Nazis got there right after him. Right. If he hadn't been there... Marion would be dead. Mary, well, that's true. But also they would have gotten it. Yes. And they would have eventually found what he found. You know, he would have found where the actual Ark was. Yep. But he went and found it anyway, and they just caught him finding it. So then they have the Ark, right? Okay. So, like, in a plot sense in that way, yeah, okay. But, yeah, like you said, uh, Marion would be dead. Eventually, at the end They're, of the movie... they. This one really bug, yeah. bugs me. There, there's a line specifically where they both look at each other and they say they're digging in the wrong place. Like, yeah. like they were digging in the wrong place, well, and but, they yeah. and the staff they like messed up. They didn't but if they would have the right... had, but if they would have had both sides of medallion, they would have been in the right place. Uh, is the idea? I see. You know, that's why they were in the wrong places because Indy got involved and stole the medallion. Uh-huh. But. They got it anyway. Sure. Okay. But then the whole thing is, so first of all, at the end, they would have just been on an, like the Ark, they would have still opened it on this island. Yep. It would have been a bunch of of dead people on an island. And then the the Nazis would have gone and gotten the Ark. Yeah. (laughs) Like the only people who would have even known that anyone went to the island would have been other Nazis. Yeah, for sure. Presumably there are a bunch of, and they don't even get into how Indy got the Ark off the island. I assume him and Marion... Took well, it and hid it, maybe. It closed again, so... Yeah, but even just, you know, how the, anyone found him. Yeah. Presumably they stole a boat or something. It doesn't matter. But the point is, the Nazis would have had it. Yeah. Um, also, like, that kind of ignores, like, one of the big thrusts of the movie of him, like, getting back together with Marion. And, like, that they're together at the end. Okay. Which, like, yeah, you could say, like, the sequels kind of undo that. Well, well the, one is a prequel. One's a prequel, but, you know... Um, as far as just this one movie is concerned, yeah, like the arc that Indy goes through is that he's this like loner guy, yeah, and he ends up with her, yes, 
Um, also, he kills like a bunch of Nazis. Oh, for sure. Like, he, like at the very least, he wastes a bunch of Nazi time and energy, which I think most people can agree. If you're wasting Nazi time and energy in the early 30s, that's a good thing. Yeah. If you uh, straight up murdered some Nazi thugs, good. Yeah. Like, and so you know, like he made them waste a bunch of money and time, and he killed a bunch, like at least a dozen of them. Oh, easily. So there's like war movies that are based on less than that. I yeah, think for sure. So just in a purely practical sense, pointless. But also in a larger sense, what a glib thing to point out. Because like at the end of the movie, it ends with him arguing with a bunch of United States military people. Yeah. About how they have the Ark, he wants to study it, and they're just going to put it in a warehouse, in a box, with a bunch of almost identical boxes. Right. In an enormous warehouse. Yep. And it's a bittersweet ending. Like, of course, like, yeah. To say (laughs) that, like, like, no one came out of the movie being like, Indy did it, he accomplished all of his hopes and dreams. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Like... Well, that's, I don't know. That's like the whole point of him with that's archaeology the, is that, yeah. you know, that it's not appreciated, that he's not appreciated, yeah. that archaeology isn't appreciated, that he's his guy, efforts were overlooked. He would rather be a professor than mm-hmm. go and track down all of these, you know, things. But he, he's doing yeah. it because it's important. And, and he's doing it independently instead of being like working for the government. Right. Because, because he knows that they're going to box it up. He knows that they're going to mess it up. So, like, what did they want Indy to accomplish? Yeah, Like, what more could he have possibly done other than getting the Ark and never having it be in the Nazis' control? Like, yeah, they had it for a while, but he ends up with it. And also, it's a bittersweet ending. And even in a more, in a more, in even a bigger sense than that, Mm -hmm. when you watched the movie, did you not like it because of that? (laughs) Like, do you watch the movie and you're just like... Hmm. Boy, this would be better if he just wasn't there. <laughs> I wish like, I was watching a bunch of Nazis digging in the desert. Yeah, I wish they'd I'd see them just go kill this lady in Tibet, and then <laughs> they could just get through without any problems. Yeah, it really overlooks the point of movies, I think. Yeah, yep. <laughs> that you got to watch a fun adventure. And, like, Indy got to go do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so baffling. It's like, what is the point well, of even pointing in, that out? Like, yeah. And in the Big Bang Theory, yeah. I've seen that scene. Yeah. And they're like, you just ruined it. Yeah. Like, did they? <laughs> no. It's the exact well, opposite. Like, you, you actually made yeah. it more interesting because yeah. you have to think about why Indy is doing what he's doing. Yeah. And as a nerd show, they're a bunch of nerds, right? They're a bunch of academics. If anything, they should enjoy it more because the point of the movie then becomes not about the military goals, but the fact that Indy learned a bunch. I think He's that's... a professor, <laughs> and he went and he learned a bunch of stuff that nobody else knows. Yeah. The Nazis basically were going to, like, probably, they didn't care. They weren't about learning. The Even if none of them had died, they probably wouldn't have passed on that information to anyone. And I will also say, like, I understand that within the sequels of Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. the ones that are actual sequels, yeah. it does make it seem like Indy didn't learn very much from the idea that God factually exists which in the <laughs> Indiana Jones universe. Like, he does seem to have ignored a lot of the things that he did learn. Somewhat. Well, Somewhat. actually, no, I, I don't agree with that. 
Like he thinks that the the Holy Grail really exists. Oh, that's true. Because his dad, I mean, that's really that's. All I thought you need that to his say. dad kind of was the one of like it exists, and then he was he's like, the I one, don't know. He's the one with faith, but yeah. he's seen enough weird stuff. That's that he's, true. He's open to the idea that the yeah yeah oh, that's a good point. You know, yeah. like like he still knew that going after the Grail was a realistic thing he should. Yeah, do. Yeah, that's true. But it was more about his dad. Yeah, the whole thing was that his dad isn't connected. Is so pursuant of just the Grail yeah. that he ignored his son, yeah, and so it's really about the bonds between them. Yeah, so I don't know. It's just like a whole. It's just an interesting thought experiment it, yeah. for people to do that also outs themselves as being somebody who doesn't understand subtext in any way. The most <laughs> pedantic of nerds, yeah, which is the Big Bang Theory, yeah, which actually I would argue is the whole point of that scene, which is to say that. Sheldon, being on the spectrum, sure. doesn't understand human emotion, and therefore he thinks all movies that that have a lesson like that instead of just... That it ruins the movie. Yeah, that he just doesn't understand it. Sure. So it truly just means that he just sure. doesn't get it. Well, and in a typical Big Bang, fa- Big Bang Theory fashion, it's probably not written by anybody who, oh, no. who has that going on in their well, life. Like, it's an insult. A reference to them is just <laughs> yeah. like, it's you like read a- another comic book? <laughs> Laugh track. Yeah. Yeah, I'm reading Green Lantern. Laugh track. That's it. That's the reference. I reference Green Lantern. Yeah, and and it's not written by anybody who cares about this stuff. Is at all sympathetic to that kind of no. person. So they're it like, is mean. They're like, it's cool to have Will Wheaton and Neil deGrasse Tyson on yeah. there. The true nerds. Like, whatever. Which is, anyway, that's a whole different thing. We that don't need show to get, makes no we, sense. We don't need to get into that. What no. we do need to get into Point is, being, <laughs> uh, I have to think, I can't be like bitter forever about this concept because it is funny in a, in a in a if you're gonna back up a little bit and not yeah. try to say that it was pointless for him to be there yeah it is funny to look at the movie as being a series of indies failures sure yeah that that he keeps failing and he keeps trying anyway yep. and people keep well even that that is pretty obvious the setup of the movie it opens with him <laughs> I like that you were uh, trying to be sympathetic but I then know. you were immediately like hold on no sympathy yeah because the literally the opening scene one of the most iconic action scenes of all time yeah. is him stealing this golden idol going through this like very perilous trial yep. that took all of his smarts mm-hmm. and physical ability and he gets out of there and this guy just steals it from him immediately it's almost as if the intro <laughs> lets us know how the whole movie is gonna go yeah. and teaches us a lesson right off the bat yeah. so that by the end of it we're not disappointed when yeah. it, it we go work we out go along favor. with that idea the whole time because we're like prepared for it wild yeah it's crazy it's how almost that like it's good writing or something yeah, like that it's almost like it's a good movie um <laughs> and the people who complain about it don't know what they're talking about <laughs> every time a new rabbit comes out i think everyone generally i don't know everyone who i talk to generally has the response of they're doing that again more robin hood didn't we just like, do didn't that? we just do this <laughs> and it's in the public domain yeah so you can there could be a new robin hood movie every month and it wouldn't matter technically right. it would just be whether or not you can make money and actually once you mentioned that i looked it up and there are uh eight robin hood movies in development as of july <laughs> yeah so uh, one of them just came out, yeah. the Guy Ritchie Robin Hood, yep. which essentially looks like 
What does it even look like? They're all wearing like really modern. The one thing it seems like to me is that they're all wearing super modern clothing, yeah. and all of it's very like tailored. I saw a brief. Like thing. every single person yeah. in Sherwood or whatever, yeah, is just wearing the most fitted clothing. I saw a brief thing where somebody described what they were wearing as uh, like they tried to use the material and and everything of that time period and try to make it look like modern day flak jackets as much as possible. Oh yeah. Um also it's they so said weird. that there is apparently a scene in the movie where they're all pinned down in like a Saving Private Ryan kind of way. Okay. By a ballista that's like a machine gun oh, ballista come on. that shoots like several bolts a second <laughs> why even make it robin hood that's the question that i think if is you're interesting. not going to tell the actual story why why even i think bother i think part of i don't know how much of it is they're picturing people cheekily enjoying the idea that like a robin hood men in tight situation yeah where it's like oh it's like kind of funny yeah to take it out of the time period it's supposed to be in we're so cheeky robin hood is so nailed down in a specific time period yeah because they nailed it early yeah. on many times yeah <laughs> well and and i don't know so obviously part of it is that you can make it you don't need to buy the rights from anybody right Obviously, part of it is that people know what it is. Yep. And then I guess if you just... Everybody, I think, assumes that if you just get one... Like, the third heat. If you get <laughs> any... Like, the the thirty oh, the first episode of the 30 Rock. If you get any third heat, you're good to go. Yeah. And it's going to be profitable, I guess, is the assumption. But there's so many of these that can't be profitable because... They're just there's so many of them. Well, and and they're spending a hundred million dollars easily yeah. on budgets, and so everything's essentially set up to go make money in China or whatever. And so well, I think they assume that they can make money just in general. Yeah, for I sure. Don't know. But why Robin Hood? I think part of it too is I think when you get something that has so many failures, mm-hmm. it's the same with pirate movies before Pirates of the Caribbean came yeah, out. Yeah, everyone the was genre like, was oh, fam- they just didn't get it. The genre was famous for just huge bombs. Yeah. And I think there is some level within the industry of being like, I'm going to be the one to crack this. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's not like there aren't other ones that haven't been profitable before. Even yeah. Like the Russell, the Russell Crowe one. It sucked, but I'm sure it made money. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but I think what they're trying to crack is trying to make a Robin Hood cinematic, like a that, cinematic that universe. weren't sequels. Yes, that are just going to be a cash machine. Exactly. Um, Which is so also crazy because literally the whole point of any Robin Hood story, yeah, is essentially that the false king is deposed and the true king comes back, and yeah. Robin Hood facilitates that, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I don't even know what else it would be without. That I don't know how you could drag it out. No, for I sure guess not. you could have the first one be uh, Robin Hood you could Begins. Have it, you could have it be episodic and yeah. have it be a TV show. That well, would be you okay. Ha- or you could just have it be a thing where it's just always going to be happening, and they presumably never mm-hmm. resolves itself because they're never going to be like, "Well, we've made enough money." You yeah. know, it'll just be one of them will eventually lose money and then they'll just quit. Or one of them, which will probably just be named Robin Hood Origins, which is just going to be <laughs> yeah. Robin Hood learning to I shoot a bow. I think that's what this one was. This oh, one. man. I think it is essentially Batman Begins, but with Robin Hood. So lame. So what's actually a good Robin Hood? Uh, the, the cartoon Dis- Disney the one. The Disney one is great because it's so... 
goofy. Robin Hood's goofy, right? Robin Hood can't be serious. I don't think you should try to make a serious Robin Hood. Why bother? Because, okay, the best yeah. ones are that one and Robin Hood Men in Tights, right? See, I rewatched Robin Hood Men in Tights. It's bad. It's terrible. But <laughs> when you think of Robin Hood, yeah. you think of Carrie Ewell's before you think of Kevin Costner. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, the Kevin Costner one, unimaginable bomb. In terms of quality, yes. and I'm pretty sure money. Yes. <laughs> I think it like, lost money. But do you think, but wouldn't it have been awesome if you would have had that same cast yeah. and had them play it kind of straight, but have it be a little goofy? Just have Carrie Yules instead of Kevin Costner? Yeah, yeah. And still have Morgan Freeman as this like serious mentor? <laughs> and still have well, Ellen Rickman as the... Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. Part of the thing with that, though, is I'm pretty sure Robin Hood Men in Tights was made to make fun of. It was. The other That's one. the whole line about yeah. how I'm the only Robin Hood who actually has an English accent. Yeah. Um, but I think... Okay, the thing with Robin Hood, though, is he is kind of a jokester, right? Yeah. I mean, like, he's, he's kind of... They're the merry men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What more do you have to say? They, like, they go, should all be comedians. And, and he, like, his plan is, like, really bad, where he's going to, like, go in disguise and take part in this archery competition. Well, that's the By whole the way, thing I don't is... know how much of that is the actual original story and how much of that is the Disney Cartoon Fox version. Because oh, in my knows? in my opinion, that's essentially canon. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know if that's really what he does. But I think the whole thing is that the... But that's what's fun about him. Yeah, because and that also gives him a flaw in that he's vain. Yeah. Like, he thinks he's a he knows off. he's the best and yeah. he has to go and prove it. Yeah. Even so, if it, no one knows it's him. Yeah, so to take that seriously, I think, is lame. And if anybody out there, by the way, just knows the deep lore of Robin Hood, I'm torn on whether or not I want to tell you to tweet at us, I but don't, you might as well. I don't care, but you should tweet <laughs> at us anyway. I, I, I'm interested in almost anything. People okay. will tell you. So tweet at us and I'll read it. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> I'll, I'll forward it to Ty. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I don't know. That's, uh, I mean, there doesn't have to be any we, more than that. We saw I mean, one. We saw one of the ones in development was the Wachowskis are going to make it. Oh yeah, I watched that. I know I will too. They're but great. It's not going to be good. Can't imagine what take they could have on it. Yeah, what's maybe they're going to go deep into the just anti-authority parts of it, which they are good at. Yeah. Oh wow, there is one. Okay, let me just read off the ones. Robin Hood, originally called Robin Hood Origins. That's the one that we're talking about now. <laughs> wow, it was what you <laughs> threw out Wow. Uh, <laughs> a version from so- Sony called Hood that is said to be like Mission Impossible and also set off a Robin Hood cinematic universe. Oh, okay, Ugh. hold on, hold on. I got to back up a minute. Yep. Do you think they changed it from Robin Hood Origins, Origins to just Robin Hood because they realized it was trash and there was never going to be a sequel? <laughs> who knows, man. Anyway, so, uh, uh, who was the second one by? The... Mission Impossible heist? It's Sony, so it's oh, going to be okay. bad. I, that concept isn't terrible, though. Maybe. If you, if you had... Okay. if Obviously, the best choice is We'd Better Not. Yeah. But if you had to make a Robin Hood movie, a heist is better than a Saving Private Ryan yeah. military thing. That's true. A heist is better than yeah. that. So. And then uh, a version from Disney called Nottingham and Hood. Okay, whatever. And Presumably then, a live-action remake of yep, the Cartoon Fox I'm one. sure. If they do that... Okay, I would watch that if it wasn't CGI foxes, they had to get a bunch of trained foxes <laughs> and bears... I thought you were going to say it was like a furry convention. <laughs> I would watch that I'd too. watch that. I'd watch that too. But no, a bunch of real foxes, bears, snakes, a lion... 
etc. And they had to put costumes on them. Oh boy, I would watch that. Um, or if it was furries and costumes, I would yeah. also watch that. Last year, Margot Robbie jumped into the game with Marion, a movie she set to star in about Maid Marion becoming a vigilante after Robin Hood is killed. Okay, <laughs> that's have, at least a new thing. I have no faith in it because <laughs> what is, Maid Marion, whatever. And and Margot Robbie, she's a great actress, but I don't think she has anything left to prove, and so she's just picking all this schlock like that and. Suicide Squad and whatever. Yeah. So well, I don't. I don't have faith in her taste necessarily. I think her agent yeah. sometimes gives her good Oscar stuff and sometimes not. Yeah. And obviously the one was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I Tanya. I Tanya ruled. She's great. But uh, she's. I don't think she's in the position to like pick her shot anyway. No. So. And then Robin Hood 2058. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then Robin Hood and the Prince of Aragon. Uh, let's see. The first one, as suggested by the name, takes place in a futuristic dystopian London, and it centers on a rogue MI5 agent on a mission to avenge injustice. Was Robin Hood originally a guy who worked for the king? Like, he was like a soldier? Don't know what to tell Doesn't you, man. Matter. Oh, he probably went on the Crusades or something. Yeah, he that's did. Probably that, was, that, that was that that's is where that He did go on the probably. Crusades, yes. Yeah. Okay. And then the other one is a vibrant punk pop retelling of the mythos. Like We don't need that. What? Who... Unless that's the Wachowski one. And in which case, we do need it. In which case, we got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. But long story short, this all is just unbearable. And so many why people. do we need any of this? I don't know. I don't know who those people are who are clamoring for it, but I, that's the thing. Like, it's like what we were saying about them wanting to, it to be in a bunch of sequels. Mm-hmm. I think each individual movie by itself, it almost doesn't matter how much money they make because one they can make it for free yeah. or for rights wise mm-hmm. and they just got to have like one out of ten of them be profitable yeah and for true. that one that is profitable you make like two sequels which are also super profitable right. and then you're swimming in money yeah that's true so it, it pays for all the ones that fail that's true so you just and then need here's to, the other two you just need to try to make as many things as possible that seem like they could warrant sequels that's the i guess the bar Movie making is so lame. It really is terrible. Like that. Uh, Warner Brothers has its own untitled Robin Hood project in the works from Aquaman writer Will Beale. And DreamWorks has one called Merry Men. So literally all of the major film studios are making their own Robin Everyone's Hood. cashing in on Robin Hood. Not even ca- like saying it as cashing in makes it sound like someone had a big one that worked. I think this is just a constant thing. I think every studio has at least one Robin Hood movie <laughs> in development just in case. Absolutely. Just in case they come up with something good. Yeah. Terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs>